I do have to find about growing up, you know what I'm saying? Like, feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was, when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, I can respond. Are you kidding me? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for, um, everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkAndSpill.com. And on today's podcast episode, we're doing a spotlight. This is going to be a hashtag July spotlight. You guys know I kind of introduced this segment a couple of months ago. I wanted to start talking with other groups and women doing cool things in the world and men um, and see what people were up to, how they were giving back, how they were pouring into other folks. And um, it, for me, this is just really interesting. And I think it's important to have these kinds of conversations. So I've been doing some research. And, and by the way, guys, if you know somebody who is doing amazing things for the, their community or any group of people in a big way, or even in a small way, and you want to spotlight them or highlight them on the show, or just have me converse with them, definitely send me an email, Whitney at WhitneyDanielle.com. I'm always looking for really great organizations to spotlight. But I did some research and you know what's crazy about this? I was, I was looking for people and I put it out in the universe. I was like, I need to find somebody to be on the show. I want to find somebody who's doing really cool stuff that, you know, I haven't talked to before. And I'm just, I put that out there. And literally a couple of days later, I got an email in my inbox and it was from someone from the conference I went to back in June in Atlanta. And she was like, hey, everybody, I have a nonprofit organization and I do this, this, and this, and this is my story and blah, blah, blah. I'm launching this and I'm doing this. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So I sent her an email. Actually, I think I just called. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to call. I physically called her and she was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? She was so happy to hear from me and that I reached out and it was just, it was so cool. It was like, what is the, what is the term? Um, serendipitous. I don't know, but it worked out and I'm really excited about it. So let's get this show started. Today's or this month's July spotlight is all about a sister's keeper. And asisterskeeper.org is a nonprofit foundation. It's an organization that Natasha Brown, who I have on the show with me today, started. She started it a few years ago, but she officially launched it last year in 2018. And she's been doing big things and really been making strides in her foundation over the last, really the last year or more. And I'm excited to hear about why she started and what she's doing and where she needs support and what her mission is. So if you're listening and this resonates with you and this feels like something that you want to help out and be a part of, definitely reach out. We will put all this info in the show notes. You'll have it there for you to check out. Um, and if you're on your phone right now and you want to check out her IG page, it is at the, you know, at ASK underscore INC ask underscore Inc. So definitely check her out and see what kind of posts and, you know, you can get her website information from there and give her a follow. So let's introduce Miss Natasha Brown. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. How are you? It's hot. It's, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot here in Tampa too. <laughs> Very you, already know. you already know. Okay. So uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who Natasha Brown is. Um, hello, everybody. I'm Natasha. Um, I'm a Detroit native. Um, I relocated to Tampa, Florida back in 2013. 
after not being able to cope with the death of my sister. Um, my sister was brutally murdered in the city of Detroit after going out on a double date with one of her girlfriends and a gentleman she met earlier the year back in 09 and his cousin. So they went out on a double date and they dropped my sister's girlfriend off and my sister was never seen again. And my family went on a search for almost a week looking for my sister. But in reality, the fire department had found my sister. Um, She was burnt up, mutilated in a city garbage can in Detroit, Michigan. So dealing with the death of my sister, two months prior to that, I had just became a first-time mom, just graduated from college. It was a lot. So I went into this deep depression because my sister was my surrogate mom um, growing up until I was separated from my siblings because of the death of my mother. So that deep depression, it just got deeper and deeper and deeper. So I decided to up and move. I moved to Tampa um, back in 2013 with some friends from college. I came down here visiting. I relocated and I went to therapy. And from therapy, I started journaling because that was one of the coping coping mechanisms. And that journaling became my blueprint for my business plan for my foundation. So that's how I'm here in Tampa. And that's how I've founded a Sisters Keeper Foundation. Wow. And I knew your sister had died. Um, I wasn't sure how. Um, That is absolutely horrible. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely horrible. And so I'm really sorry to hear about not only her, but also about your mom. And um, I'm sure that was traumatic and every single way imaginable, right? And we can't imagine something like that happening. Um, so I appreciate you sharing and, and telling that story. And it looks like the therapy helped, right? In the sense that you were able to get that journaling. Journaling is so powerful. It it's is. so powerful. It's very therapeutic. It's very powerful. Um, I started journaling back when I was younger after the death of my mom. And... Um, I still have my journals from back then. I was 11 years, I was 9, 10, 11 years old when I was separated from my siblings because my mom was addicted to substances. So when I was separated, I started journaling. And then soon after that, my mom passed away. So I was in journaling for a long time. So I might turn those journals into a book one day. That would be amazing. Yes. That would be amazing. It's so interesting what you read. I've, I've done that where I've gone back and read old journals and I'm like, wow, sometimes you're like, you know, sometimes you resonate with it in the exact tone in which you wrote it. And sometimes you surprise yourself and you're like, dang, that was actually really like, that was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're surprised at the emotions because there's so many emotions we feel, especially as young girls, as young women, when we're not really sure what's going on around us just yet. Like our brains are still developing until what, like our early twenties. So anything you've written or gone through, I mean, you never know. So I think that would be really cool for you to write that. So, okay. So you were journaling and then you were able to get this blueprint of what you wanted to create. So tell me about how that started to, you know, escalate from an idea and a journal entry to something much bigger than that. Um, so it went from my nightstand journaling to me just grabbing any book, any notepad to just jotting down all these thoughts and ideas Then I started getting boxes because I'm like just collecting all these resources. So 
my daughter, who's nine now, she's like, mom, you're turning into like one of those hoarders we see on TV because I'm constantly bringing in a box full of resources and me going to all these events. I'm like, oh, I could do that, but I'm gonna do a little bit better. I'm put a twist on it because I've been in the social work field for the last 10 years from independent living skills to the homeless prevention to low-income families to child protective services. I even worked in an all-women's prison in Michigan. And I took all those resources and knowledge and I just kept piling it in boxes and just until I was like, okay, I need my own office. And I was like, okay, let's put this with this and that paragraph with that. And then I can do this at my, with my foundation. And here I am now with a 501c3 registered in Tampa. And we have started doing great things here in the Tampa area. What are some of these amazing things that you guys are up to and things that you've seen? I'm super interested in learning more about um, what your organization stands for and how you are working in Tampa and and in your space. Um, So a Sisters Keeper Foundation mission is to promote and provide the tools for youth families to achieve their potential for success. And right now in the Tampa area, I have um, taken my career and turned it into my everyday life. So I'm in the community. I'm helping at-risk youth and youth in foster care. And this year alone, we have um, helped um, a survivor of human trafficking. Um, She relocated um, to Tampa We were able to house her for a few months until the case was over. She felt self-sufficient and she was able to relocate back to her state. Once the case was over, that person was sentenced and was shipped off to prison. Um, We've been able to do some advocacy for a domestic violence survivor where, you know, I received a a crying, screaming phone call like, I need your help. I don't know what to do type domestic violence situations where, you know, I walked her through the steps. Um, I got her engaged with the local community resources because they are a little bit bigger than me and they have more funding. And I helped walk her through that process. You know, I attended court with her. We got the injunction approved. So now she's relocated. We helped her move into her new place. And Um, I have several mentees that I'm working with in their family. And right now, our biggest project is we have a family of three. um, And we're housing them right now because they're homeless. She's been in this situation for a while. And she's exhausted all the community resources because we all know some of this assistance is one time a year. And as human beings, we go through stuff more than once a year. So we've been able to house her and her mom and brother for the last few weeks. Um, and we have a facility here in Tampa that we have a computer room. So I have youth coming in to do their virtual schooling because they have no computer, no internet and things like that. So anywhere we can help, we're just trying to pitch in and be that gap, trying to bridge the gap to make sure the youth are successful. Wow. So how do people find out? I mean, how did this one woman find out and she called you? Um, how did she know to reach out? So we do a lot of posting on social media. Um, and then it was word of mouth, actually. The, the, for the domestic violence, it was word of mouth. Um, for my mentee, 
Um, I've done several speaking engagement with youth, um, the all girls summit, um, career focus and things like that. So it's just word of mouth and me presenting my organization to others and people have been able to reach out to me. Okay. So I want to loop back and I really want to understand the correlation of what you're doing to your family. And if we could deep, go a little bit deeper into what were you, any, you don't have to you know, speak to anything that you don't feel comfortable speaking to, but what happened as you were going through dealing with your sister, dealing with your family, dealing with your life that is immediately or directly transferring over to the work that you're doing? Um, well, I'm pretty transparent, so I'll go as deep as we need to go. Um, my thing is I want to be the social worker and counselor I needed when I was growing up and I was nine years old, separated from my three siblings, mm-hmm. watching my mother leave us for days and weeks at a time, um, watching, you know, my mother use substances in front of me um, and not having anyone to talk to. So I want to be that social worker that I I know I can't save the world, but if I start saving one child at a time, Mm -hmm. I will make a difference. And that child can go on to help somebody else and refer another child to me. So I'm just taking it one step at a time and it correlates back to my life because again, I want to be that counselor and social worker that I needed when I was growing up and I didn't have. And I just vowed to help as many youth as possible because, you know, I consider myself successful. I'm not on this high horse, but I feel like for me to not have a stable household, father in and out of prison mother abused substances and then when she finally got her life together and saved in the church she's telling me she has breast cancer and she pulls off her wig and she has no hair and that's my birthday in February and in September she's gone so I feel like I went through a hell and I didn't have anybody and then I was separated to live with a complete stranger but Despite all this stuff that I went through in life, I've overcome it. I went to a Big Ten university. I went to study abroad in Australia. I went and got my master's degree in um, mental health counseling because I wanted to know why was I going through depression? Why was I having these anxiety attacks? Why was I having these panic attacks? Why was this happening to me? So why not go study the brain and the, the thought process and these different theories and learn it yourself to understand why. That's the only question I ever had in life was why me, but I went and figured it out why, because I, these past childhood traumas was spilling over to my adult life and I had to get it corrected. Wow, that's an amazing testimony and a fantastic story. Again, please write that book. Please write that book. I would love to read that book. I talk about books on this show all the time. And your story is just, it's, it's incredible. I was watching the news the other day and they were talking about how, um, you know, kids in the foster system are drastically less likely to go off to college. Um, and there was this guy who started this foundation to help them because he was in that situation and he gives back and he's like spent his whole life giving back in that way. And it's, he said the same thing, like he can't save every kid. He can't get every kid in the foster system, a full ride to school, but he can make a difference in 
X amount of people's lives, right? He can show up and give money and raise money and help X amount of students get to um, that level of, of further education because they did a poll in that room and all of those kids that were in that room that he was giving scholarships to were the first kids in their family to go to school in that respect. And so it makes a huge, this is a generational turn, a generational shift um, in the right direction. So yeah, I think this is really important. And I, I want to go back to when you were talking about being able to give resources and be somebody that they can talk to, these kids that they can, they can reach out to, they can talk to. How do you, if, if let's say somebody listening knows somebody who may be experiencing trauma or issues at home, um, maybe they're going through some really hard transitions, how do you recommend they communicate, hey, these are the resources when I think sometimes kids can be kind of afraid to come out and speak and to have, you know, I don't know if kids always understand the power of having somebody who just cares and listens um, at, when they're in it. I think sometimes in retrospect, you're like, oh, wow, I had this one person and she really did everything for me. And I think in retrospect, we, we were like that, right? Because we get older. But in the middle of it, what do you recommend somebody says to somebody they know that's young and needs that support to find you? Um, for us to break the stigma of, you know, the counseling, the therapy with even the younger generation and older generation, it's just, just tell them you want to listen. Don't try to give them advice. Don't try to be the therapist. Just listen, let them talk, get it off their chest and once you hear that child's story or that adult story, you can, you can then understand why they're acting like this, why they do this. And you can then come up, brainstorm with the next step to say, hey, I listened to your story. You might need to pursue X, Y, and Z. You might need therapy. You might need to go, you know, check yourself in. You might need medication. So just telling someone, share with me your story. I want to listen. And just be that that person for them to get it off their chest is the first start of of it all. Mm, okay, I think that's a good place to start as well. And then when they're listening, and if they do um, want to say, "Hey, you know, I do have somebody," or you should check out so and so. When you make it seem kind of casual, too, I yes. think a lot of times they're more likely to. Versus if you're like, well, you should blah, blah, blah. And I think that, you know, when you start getting indignant, people start turning their ears off. Um, and that's just right. across the board. <laughs> so, yeah. A, a lot of people say, oh, it's criticism. But some people don't need criticism. They just need someone to listen to their story. Mm. Um, and I had this one professor. Um, I was sharing my story and she was like, your story's too long. You're not showing me no emotion. So, you know, I, I don't feel this is true. And it's like, lady, are you serious? Like, this is my life. This is what I've been through. And I've done counseling three or four times. So I've been able to cope with everything. Just because I'm not showing you the tears don't mean that I didn't have that pain and suffering back then. You know, it still bothers me from here to there because I, I, I've been in the child protective services world for a long time and some of these stories they still trigger my past traumas but because I've been able to seek counseling and have someone to listen to my story I know how to reground myself you know I know how to stand still do my deep breathing get control of the situation and then get myself back on track yeah 
And when you, you said that you moved from Detroit down to Tampa, one of the first things you did was go to therapy. Had you, what made you do that? And had you done therapy before? Yes. So I've tried therapy, of course, when my mom passed away. Um, I did that for a while. I tried therapy after my daughter and the death of my sister because that grieving depression and being a first-time mom, I had the baby blues. So everything turned into, it was just situational depression, which it was hard to get out of because I'm like, well, darn, I'm going through all this. I wish my mom was alive. So that just started bringing in more pain and suffering because it's like, if my mom was here, I wouldn't be going through this and my sister wouldn't have been there and I probably wouldn't even had a baby. Granted, I'm grown and just graduated from college and I thought I was with the love of my life. But hey, things happen. So when I moved down here, um, I had a job. As soon as I, my insurance kicked in, I used EAP. They give you three free sessions. So I was able to call around go see a therapist. I didn't like the first one. I still had two more tries. So I tried another therapist, me and her, we hit it off and I went back. And then of course my insurance kicked in. So I was able to use my insurance to pay for it. But if anyone's listening, I recommend you use EAP for anything. If you just want to go talk to them about stubbing your toe 10 times or, you know, the loss of someone the loss of a relationship, because that is, you need to talk to somebody, you know, grieving, you know, going through your own personal situations. If you have a, a job that offers insurance and they offer EAP, I recommend everybody to use it because it's free and it's there. Mm, yeah. I mean, we need, we need to be able to talk it through. And I talk a lot on this show, you know, this is a personal development podcast as well. And I talk a lot about, you know, accountability and holding yourself to your own goals and what you want out of life. When you've decided to make a change and shift towards what you want, how do you do that? And a lot of times our friends and the people close to us aren't going to be able or aren't willing to sit there and hear us out. A lot of them don't have the bandwidth for it. They don't have the patience for it. They don't have the tolerance for it. They just don't want to do it. You know, they're so in their own brain about their own crap that they can't, they can't give you that time. And that's where for me, it's very important for people to reach out. Um, and I, I think it's, I think it's important for you to at least look into, right. At least you, you look into it now, then that way, if, you know, maybe come the new year, you want to try something different or I don't know, something happens, anything, anything, you do stub your toe a bunch of times or you get into a car accident or something happens. Um, and you have that support. I mean, that could easily help, help you from turning down a dark path, um, mm -hmm. which I think can easily happen. Um, I agree. It can easily happen. It, you know, once you get in that dark hole, sometimes it's hard to get out mm. and you need help to get out. And, it, and it's nothing wrong with seeking help. Yeah. I actually think I saw something on Instagram that said it was minority mental health month. I don't know if I saw that right or if I saw that for today, but I feel like if I did see that, then this is the perfect episode for this month um, to do that. Because I think mental health is, like you said, the stigma is really important. And I think that stigma starts with children being able to, you know, there's all these posts about letting boys cry and letting, you know, and, and not putting labels on, on certain emotions and making this bad and making this good. And, you know, we're raised, I think, to be strong, black, independent women, but a lot of times 
we need help. We need support. We don't need to be the rock for everybody else. And that's a really important piece um, to mental health and personal development. So, okay. So when you came to Tampa, you started and things started to grow. What are some of your goals, I guess, for the rest of 2019 as we move into 2020 with your foundation? Um, so some of my goals, let me look back at my vision board because I've been accomplishing them. So we recently were given a building. Uh, well, let me take that back. We weren't given a building. We found a building. Um, I had a sponsor who helped um, with our first month rent security deposit. So that was a blessing. Nice. Um, and just keep growing, helping as many youth and sisters as we can and their families. That's my biggest goal. You know, we had our vision board brunch this year, which was a success. And we just did a car wash fundraiser um, so we can make some funds to get some school supplies so we can help as many youth for back to school. Um, we have a lot of back to school programs, but then you have some of those families that are, they think asking for help is like, it's another stigma. So we have some families that have reached out and they're in need of some things. So just keep our funds coming in. We do a lot of grant writing. So just making sure we can stay above water so we can help the youth is our number one goal. Nice. Yeah. And having events is fun too, because it gets people out and about and you can just casually kind of talk about what you're doing and who needs help. It's, it's always interesting how when people see stuff in person, or when they mm-hmm. talk to you in real life, it's totally different than when they see a website or when somebody kind of refers out. It's it's so it, it's so much realer in person when you can look somebody in the face and see what they're doing and and ask them what they need and then see what the work that they're accomplishing. Uh, it makes a big difference. So any sort of in-person events, and that's something that I try to you know encourage people listening to do: get outside, do some things. I realize it's hot. It's hot in Florida. It's hot in Texas. It's hot in Virginia. It's hot in New York. It's hot. It's hot. Okay, we get it. Like, it's hot. But there are still events that you can do and partake in. They don't have to be in the middle of the sunshine part of the day. Like, you can go out during um, the weekends. You can go out in the morning. There are different events that you can do to get involved. So, um, sweet. So, what do you have as far as, like, being able to accept donations? Or are there things, like, are you looking for physical items? Or what kind of things are you looking for people to give? So within a Sisters Keeper Foundation, we have our re-rock closet, which is a closet that we accept donated household goods, clothing, shoes for adults, adolescent, babies. So we've been able to utilize that for some people in the community. So people are able to call us up, say, hey, I got a bag of clothes. We will pick them up if it's somewhere local within the Tampa Bay area. Or you can bring them to our building. Um, we have our donation link on our website where people can donate um, in its categories. You can sponsor some of our programs. You can sponsor some um, care packaging. Um, and then we also have our, um, our link for our GoFundMe account. And that is to help our seed founding foundation, you know, to keep us alive. We, like I said, we just was awarded this building and it costs, but you know, me helping someone is 
it's the best pleasure I can get. So to sustain this building, it costs. So any donation we get, it, it's, you know, it's tax deductible. We are 501c3. So, you know, that's about it. Okay. So the 5013C, that's what that means. Because I saw that on your Instagram bio and, you know, I don't know anything about that. I'm like, what does that, so a 5013C means when you donate, did I say it backwards? You said it backwards. What is it? 501C3. It's a nonprofit organization and all donations are tax deductible. So the gentleman that gave us the Mm $5,000, he's going to be able to write that off on his taxes. Nice. Okay. And that's an incentive guys. In the event that you've, you know, not all of us have donated in that respect before. Um, and so this is a great time to do it, but also, you know, when you're doing your taxes, we just did our taxes. It feels like, like last week, but back in April or March or whatever, whenever you did yours, they ask you that, have you donated? And a lot of times, and I did it this year, I was like, Oh, I wish I had given more because you forget throughout the year, you get busy. You're not thinking about it. And I know for 2020, for me, I'm making it a much higher priority to give back and not just so that I can do it, but as just a way to say, yeah, I remember I gave back, I gave back to this group. I gave back to these, these folks. I gave back to the puppies. I gave back, like you can see that and you do get, you do get a percentage. Um, that's just how it works. And I've, I've donated clothes um, of course in the past, but it's, you know, when you're moving and you're shifting, if you're doing a Marie Kondo, this season or at the end of the season, or even during the holidays, the holidays is a great time to give and they're Mm -hmm. right around the corner. Um, Just start thinking about that now. Um, And this is for any of the organizations I have on the show. This is for any organization you'll see on the gram or in real life, but think about that. And what I love that you said about your, your donation page is that you can choose. I love that you can choose what you're giving. So if you're going to give a care package, imagine what that feels like being able to say, yeah, you know, screw the tax write off. Like just being able to say, I gave a care package to somebody who needed it. I actually did something instead of spending that $80 or whatever it is on Amazon buying vitamins, which I do all the time, <laughs> all of the time. You know, why not, why not give that, you know what I mean? Like every so often, you don't have to do it all the time, but I, I, th- I think that's really important and it feels good. So I do want to ask you that. Um, can you explain to me or just tell us a time when you helped somebody and you felt super good about it. Like you got that, you know, butterflies in your stomach, like your soul was just buzzing. Like, tell me about a time when you helped someone and it just, it, it shifted, it shifted something in you. Um, I'll, I'm going to have to refer back to helping my, um, first survivor of human trafficking. You know, we still in, we stay in contact, but you know, to be able to help her, um, counsel her, um, house her, and just be that friend. You know, I wasn't a service provider. Granted, I was a service provider, but because of her age and, you know, she's an adult now, um, we was able to establish a friendship. And, you know, to this day, it's like, I helped her. I get butterflies. I smile. And I'm not, I didn't do it to get brownie points. I did it because she needed help. And I was a person that could help her, and I did. Um, so it, to, this, like, to this day, you know, she just texted me the other day, like, We're, I'm, I'm coming to visit. I'm like, are you moving here? And she's like, no, I'm just visiting. So it's it, like, it, I still get butterflies, you know, when I talk to her, like, dang, I helped her get back on her feet. I, like, I did that. A sister's mm-hmm. keeper did that. Like, we were a blessing to somebody, and it feels good. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. See, now I got butterflies. <laughs> and I think somebody else who's listening probably did too. Like that's what happens. And it's definitely not about the brownie points. It's not about the tax write-off. It's not about the pat on the back. It's literally about that feeling of knowing that you were a blessing to somebody else when they needed it most. And that if it hadn't been for you, you know, maybe they could have found somebody else. Maybe somebody else would have stepped in, but you got the opportunity um, and the honor to be able to do that. So that's awesome. Okay. Thank so they can you. go to, um, okay. Tell me the website again. It's a sisters keeper.org. Yes. The website is a sisters keeper.org. Okay. Then we have our social media, which is Facebook, a sisters keeper foundation Inc. And we have our IG, which is ask underscore Inc. Perfect. And all those will be in the show notes. Um, is there anything else that we didn't speak on or is there anything else that you want to pour into? No, I don't have anything else to say. You know, I just encourage everyone that is going through something to seek help. Um, the stigma has been going on long enough. And if you need services, you know, you got to speak, speak up. Um, it's hard to deal with it. Um, you know, like I'm reading the book, Charlemagne, the God shook, shook one. And, you know, it's about him going through his depression and anxiety. And I think that's a good read because it's showing you that you got to stay true to yourself and you can't be true to yourself if you're going through something and you're not dealing with it because you're just covering it up. Every day you're building another layer and then you're ticking, you turn into a ticking time bomb. And that's what we don't need in the world is more ticking time bomb. That's true. That's true. And so for people who are looking, you mentioned EAP um, and other resources. Do you have a list of resources or is there a place people can go if they want to just get more involved and figure it out um, if they want to research some more stuff locally? Um, so EAP is a service that's offered through employers when you have their insurance or you're a full-time employer, employed, I'm sorry. So that's the employment assistance program. And most of them offer three to four sessions of free individual therapy. Um, and I, again, I highly recommend everyone to use that. I actually was on the phone with my girlfriend in California and I was like, she's your EAP. That way you can get a vibe for which therapist that's a match for you because you don't want to pay all these co-pays and that th- you and that therapist don't mesh. And then that right. money you're spending where you could have spent it somewhere else, but like self-care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So again, I recommend everybody to look into their EA pro- EAP program. Sorry about that. And um so I think that's about it as far as resources and then whatever resources your community provide. Okay, cool. And if you're in Tampa um, and you're in the area and you want to get involved, um, you can obviously go to the website and see local happenings um, and see what's coming down the pipeline. If you do want to reach out to Natasha um, specifically, you can find her information as well in the show notes and also on the website. Um, because that way you can reach out if you want to get involved. If you know people who have the ability to help out, maybe with the building that she's in or with some of her upcoming events, um, or if you have an event that you think she'd be great at, definitely reach out. This is the time to you know, start thinking. I know we've got listeners all across the country, so you never know who you'll be um, hearing from or who you'll be linked up with, but I think it's a great you know, 
it's, it's always a good thing to be able to connect folks together. Awesome. Well, I think that's it. That was, that wasn't so bad, was it? No, it wasn't. I, I really enjoy myself and I thank you for having me. Um, I just want to tell everybody that's listening. Um, thank you for listening. And like a quote, I always say to somebody like to my youth is love yourself enough to live your best life. And that's, that's about it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Natasha, for being on the show. And thank oh, you all for listening. Um, I will you. put, you're welcome. I'll put all that in the show notes um, for you to go check out. Um, I appreciate this. I'm excited to have more organizations on the show to be able to have these conversations um, and to be able to spotlight and highlight some of the great things people are doing behind the scenes that we don't always get to hear. So if you're interested, obviously go to those websites, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. And, you know, if you liked this episode, if you liked previous episodes, if you just like me and you think I'm great, give me five stars. All you have to do is scroll down on Apple Podcasts, scroll down, there'll be an option for you to drop the five stars and you can leave me something sassy or something nice in the comment section. That's always fun. Or your favorite quote. Um, your favorite drag queen, whatever you're into, just like leave something in the, in the comments and submit that through. I'd really appreciate those reviews. The more reviews I guess you get, the more people can find your show. So we're really striving to get more um, people to review the show. Five stars, obvi. Um, and yeah, make sure you're following me on the gram. I will be sharing. And hopefully if Natasha has some time, we'll be able to go live and answer any questions you guys might have um, at some point after the airing of this episode. So if you missed it, um, make sure you're following us in general. You you can follow me at Whitney Danielle Coaching, as well as the show's IG page, which is at Network and Spill. Um, don't forget to follow Ask underscore Inc. And uh, yeah, we look forward to chit-chatting with you all later. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>